Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 15, Disney for Two. My name is Pete and joining me tonight are Matt. Hey everybody! And Tom. <laughs> hey, how's everybody doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So, put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and then, let's do Disney. So, uh, obviously, Matt is not really with us tonight. Uh, he had an unfortunate accident involving Mickey Mouse, a tube of toothpaste, and a golf club. And uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. So, um... <laughs> that was unrehearsed. I uh, did, did not know that was his injury. But, yeah, I hope he feels better with whatever happened with those components. Yeah, so... Uh, tonight, we are going to talk about Disney for couples. You know, I think both of us have pretty decent experience on this topic, Tom. But, but before we get started, let's uh, see what news we have for this week. Yeah, guys, first want to apologize. We've had a little bit of a, a break here. Um, big news for Pete, moved into a, a new house. Uh, and Pete is the host of the podcast. So a lot of things require uh, internet on his end. Uh, and then I've been all over the place with work. Um, so I think we got everything settled and should be rolling here soon. And, and we'll get Matt back in the, in the mix as soon as possible, but heading on over to the news, we got a lot of news for you. Uh, obviously a couple weeks built up here. Uh, so we'll go ahead and begin there. We're going to start in Epcot. Uh, big news uh, that I found out today, the construction be has begun on the Ratatouille attraction in the France pavilion. Uh, now you, we've heard and read the construction has begun. However, you will not be able to see it within the world showcase. Uh, Disney has confirmed uh, claims that um, construction and, and the groundbreaking has started. So get excited because that is a definite big deal. Do we know where exactly in the France Pavilion this is going? Uh, I can I can see if I can find out and maybe upload something to the Twitter. But no, I don't know exactly. What what were you thinking? I don't know. I mean, it's you know, it's there's not really a whole lot of space. Well, I mean, there's. I mean, there's technically like space in between a lot of those pavilions where another pavilion could fit. Uh, I don't know if they're putting it to the side, but we'll figure that out. Uh, moving on, staying at Epcot. Epcot has announced the International Festival of the Holidays. Uh, so Epcot has kind of played host to annual holidays around the world uh, for more than a decade, but it looks like this event will get a little bit of a makeover this year. Uh, and it'll have a new name, too. It'll be called the Epcot International Festival of the Holidays. And in addition, Disney's announced that there will be a Chippendale Christmas tree spree scavenger hunt where guests will help the chipmunks find ornaments for their Christmas tree. Uh, maps can be purchased at select merchandise locations. Uh, a couple are Penn Central and World Traveler, and they're $6.99 plus tax. A good way to get the kids involved. Uh, maybe if you're at Disney for an extended stay or you know, smaller children that can't ride some rides and don't truly have the interest in the World Showcase at this point, uh, this is something that you know, can take them through the park. So we're pretty much at the point where there's a festival year-round at Epcot now, right? Yeah, I was thinking about that, especially with food and wine there right now. Uh, just uh, they, in there, an art festival too. There's a flower and garden. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we're, I think we've hit year-round stage at this point. So, which is fine. You know, there's they do a lot of cool stuff for the festivals, but it's just funny that it's that it's come to that. You know, and and this is another opportunity for Disney to capitalize on folks around the holidays and. You know, six ninety nine. It doesn't look like it's expensive on the on the front end, but you have, 
you know, what, 25, 30,000 people in the park who participate in this, or families, mm-hmm. rather. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it adds up for sure. Uh, moving on, this one's a pretty big deal. October 1st, 2017 marks the 35th anniversary for Epcot. Uh, so big it's gonna time. Be, yeah, it's huge. It's going to be called Epcot 35. Uh, there are some details that just recently came out. Uh, Disney's confirmed they will be celebrating and honoring this day with just some one-day uh, one type celebration items. Uh, a couple things that I have found that Disney's confirmed at 10.01 a.m. on the Fountain View stage, uh, the Marachi Group and Voices of Liberty will give a special performance. There will also be commemorative guide maps available. Uh, I, I didn't see where these would cost any money. I think they're just going to be the common guide map given out that day. Uh, and then there will be a special performance of Illuminations Reflections of Earth, and that'll be at 9 p.m. Uh, to close out the day there at Epcot. So if you're going to be at Disney in the next week, definitely, you know, try to get to Epcot that day unless, you know, you want you don't want to fight all the crowds because it will be busy that day. Exciting time. That's a long, it's a long time, and you know, this will kind of be a teaser for the uh, anniversary coming up in a couple of years, where hopefully all this new stuff's going to be unveiled. So. Right. Right. Uh, moving to Magic Kingdom, and this one, the only reason I put this as news is because I think. I think I remember either Pete or it was my fiance who, who liked uh, this. But anyway, there's a new citrus swirl float available at the Magic Kingdom. I know everyone's familiar with the Dole Whip float uh, at Aloha Isle. And then the other one at the Magic Kingdom is the citrus swirl. And now there's a new one uh, coming. This uh, it, It'll have its own little twist. It'll be at Sunshine Tree Terrace. Uh, and it'll have a new concoction available that adds orange soda to the classic citrus swirl. That's it's really unknown. exciting, actually. I know. I, I, like, I think that's going to be really good. Yeah, and I don't know if it's a limited time deal or if it's like permanently on the menu, but I, I know people rave about the Dole Whip float. I think on our trip, either you or Tim grabbed this as a snack. I, I got a, I got a Dole Whip float okay. on our, as a snack on our trip. Uh, but uh, yeah, and it is a snack credit for those of you who won't, you know, you're on the Disney dining plan and trying to find a way to use your snacks. But but no confirmed alcoholic version of this. No. Yeah, right? <laughs> Did, no, nothing confirmed. You know, there is an alcoholic Dole Whip float, which which I think adds rum or vodka or something to the Dole Whip float. So no alcoholic version of this yet. I, I can see adding vodka to it. It'd be pretty good. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe you sneak some uh, sneak some vodka in and, and do it that way. Let us know if you can get through. Probably not a good call. Uh, moving on. To Hollywood Studios, a lot of, uh, just going to warn you now, a lot of news coming out of Hollywood Studios. Uh, again, we are catching up on, on some a couple weeks here, but uh, one, the new Christmas show has been announced for Hollywood Studios. Uh, they will be introducing another projection show this holiday season, in addition to the Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. The show will be returning to the center stage area of the theme park, and this new show will take place on Sunset Boulevard and will transform the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror into a festive icon that will feature numerous characters. Uh, I know the you know one character that everyone's excited about is Olaf from Frozen. It'll run each evening from November 9th to December 31st. I think they're testing how the projection looks, and maybe you're gonna bring some um, Guardians of Guardians. the Galaxy. Yep. Yeah, I, it, it could happen. I don't know. And, and well, let, I mean, you'll be there soon. So. I mean, I'll be there for. I will see this show and and have a review yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Uh, staying in Hollywood Studios here. So construction walls had to come down around Grand Avenue. Uh, one of the more interesting side effects of Walt Disney World's preparations for Hurricane Irma 
were uh, tearing down some of the temporary construction walls uh, just from a safety hazard standpoint. So guests who went to the park on these days were able to get a first look uh, layout of the area. They saw um, baseline tap house watering hole, and they saw, I think, a little bit of the uh, new Star Wars land. Yeah, I think so. I, I think maybe the entrance to Star Wars land and, mm-hmm. you know, from, from all the pictures that we've seen, from everything that we've seen, it, it, it looks like Star Wars. You know, yeah. I, I don't know what else you can say about it. It's the same color palette as used in the movies. You know, it, it looks exactly like you would expect a Star Wars land to look. So pretty excited uh, to see what Disney makes of this. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I'll put some pictures on our Twitter as well. Uh, it's, again, one of the better ways where we can communicate. Uh, and I'll, I'll upload some stuff that, that's online. But you go to YouTube, Twitter, you Google it, you'll be able to find pictures. Uh, moving on, also in Hollywood Studios, Echo Lake is being refurbished. Um, this one's probably been a long time coming. They're, they're really just touching up some of the stuff. They're going to repaint uh, the pond area there. The ice cream of extinction, the dinosaur, uh, yeah, yeah, it will will be repainted as well. I know it may sound like it could be extensive work, but it, it's going to remain open and operational throughout the entire refurbishment. Uh, and then the cosmetic cosmetic upgra- cosmetic upgrades will be completed around the end of October. That's the scheduled date. Uh, so that you know Disney's gearing up for that holiday season. Anything on that, Pete? No, Matt. Do you have anything to say? No, guys, I'm good. Matt kind of sounds like Mickey a little bit. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, Last piece of news from Hollywood Studios. Star Wars Galactic Knights to return in December. Uh, It was announced uh, last week, or maybe two weeks ago now, that uh, Star Wars Galactic Knights would be coming back to Disney's Hollywood Studios uh, starting on December 16th, 2017. And it'll be offered after hours from 7 p.m. to 12 a.m. The cost is $129 per adult and $124 per child. I think the child age is three to nine, uh, and the guests who purchased a ticket will be encouraged to attend this event in costume. Um, you know, there'll be meet and greets, there'll be theme, galactic themed treats, merchandise, and some special entertainment throughout the night. Some of that entertainment is the Rebel Base activities at the center of the park, be dance parties, trivia, special shows, uh, Star Wars photo ops, so it'd be cool backdrops there. Uh, the Imperial March and March of the First Order. You'll see Darth Vader lead uh, some stormtroopers on a dramatic march down Hollywood Boulevard. And then you'll have the Galactic uh, or Star Wars Galaxy's Edge panel. Uh, so this will be a one-night-only panel discussion about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Pete, I, the cost is pretty expensive. It, it is. And are there rides open I don't know. during this? I or? was going to ask you. I, I would assume they'd have to at least have Star Tours open. I mean, they would. They would. You would think they would have to because there's not enough there to keep people entertained. For I'm sure it's what an after hours event. Seven to seven to twelve. Yep, five hours. Seven event. to twelve. So a five hour event. I mean, there's not enough there to keep people busy for five hours. So I would think you would have at least Star Wars, Tower of Terror, maybe Rock and Roller Coaster. I mean, really, there's, there's nothing in Hollywood say, Studios. So. All of their rides. I mean, Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. You would really have to have everything open. Yeah, and yeah. You compare it to stuff like Not So Scary, which we've done, and Very Merry Christmas Party, which I'll be doing this year. Um, you know, we're we're paying less, less for that. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to Magic Kingdom, which will have everything open uh, by the time I'm there. And and Matt and I did go to Villains Unleashed one year, which was I think a seventy nine dollar 
uh, upcharge event, which, you know, was very similar to, to Very Merry and Not So Scary. All the rides were open. We got in, I think, at 4 o'clock, and the park was open until, I think it was 2 a.m. Uh, so, and, and there was a late-night Fantasmic. So, I, I don't know. This this seems really expensive for not a whole lot. Well, I think about it, too. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I know these special events. Like he just mentioned 4 o'clock. So, they're going to say they start at 7, but they start letting you in 4, 5 o'clock. We've seen with Not So Scary, Very Merry. I didn't read that on this one, but they don't necessarily advertise that either. So we can do some digging and see. But you're right, Pete. I, you know, I don't know what you would, unless you look at it. I mean, still a park ticket's 107 bucks. I I don't know. Yeah, I just it doesn't seem like you're getting a whole lot out of it for that price, unless unless again it's a limited event and, and the rides are open. Right. Well, moving to our final piece of news, uh, Fort. It's, it's going to be in resort news. Fort Wilderness has now reopened. Uh, so Disney's Fort Wilderness had to be closed in preparation for Hurricane Irma. Um, just safety precautions. And unfortunately, there was some damage that needed to be addressed. Uh, however, Disney has gotten all that cleared up. They are back up and running. Anyone who had a reservation there can now uh, go and stay there. I hope to do a musical review. And Mickey's Backyard Barbecue are now accepting reservations again. You know, that... Just an A-plus job. I, I've heard and read nothing but raving reviews of how Disney handled the hurricane, what they did for the people that were there, uh, how they've helped rearrange people's reservations and, and get them situated. A-plus effort. And please understand, those cast members have families too. I did hear some criticism last year, I guess it was, when they closed for the hurricane, about maybe a little price gouging on some of the food. I think they were putting together some box lunches that were kind of ridiculous for Fifteen dollars or something yeah. like that, but but really didn't hear any anything like that this year. Interestingly enough, this year I read and it was either Boma or it was Ohana. I think it was Boma, but they were they were down to charging like eighteen or twenty bucks a person for lunch and for dinner. Uh, and I and I know those are on my dining. You know those are restaurants we're taking advantage of. On the dining mm-hmm. plan, I know what they're. I mean, their retail is usually what six, oh, close to sixty bucks a person. So for dinner, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But again, you know, good response from Disney, and we hope all of our listeners that are in Florida, you know, remain safe during the hurricane. Any uh, any losses you've experienced, hopefully those are getting addressed right now, and hope we make it through the rest of this hurricane season without any any other major events like that, because that's that's a very scary, very scary thing. And then the other thing is. And, and this just came, this was today. The My Disney Experience app has been down all day today at Disney World. I, it, it kind of brings up an interesting point, and maybe this is a future topic for us. Like, What do you do if that app's down? How do you work your way around the park? How do you make reservations? How do you make Fast Pass reservations? How do you make dining reservations? Like, I mean, would you really want to go to Disney World and not be able to make fast pass reservations from your phone. Could you go back? I mean, that, that's like dark ages right there. You know, the, the crazy thing is, like, prior to the app coming into existence, like, when I first went, I was so annoyed with the functionality of, like, you know, I just missed the way I did it. But now I've become dependent on the new way, and it's so much more efficient if you do it correctly. Well, you just ran everywhere before yeah. before the app, right? I mean, you right. ran everywhere. You collected everybody's cards, you ran, and you got fast passes. Mm-hmm. 
Now I mean, you just, had somebody waiting to standby line and take all the room keys and go get other, you know, fast pass and come back to the standby, the standby line. So, I mean, yeah, you're it, right. Exactly. So it, it is a lot more efficient now. So it's yeah, anyway, maybe we can talk about that at some point later. So tonight, as I alluded to, we're going to talk about Disney for couples. And I think Tom and I are both pretty well qualified to talk about this. I've taken my wife twice to Disney World in the past two years and Tom you've made one trip and are about to make another one with your uh, fiance, correct? So as with any Disney trip, the most important thing for this is planning. When are you going to go? Where are you going to stay? What are you going to do? You know, all that's really important. And it's important to talk to whoever you're going with to determine what they really want to do. The, the first, and I think one of the most important things is when, when, do, when do you want to go to Disney World? Tom, you're going in December. I've been in December. I think that's a great time to go to Disney World. The crowd levels are low. It's a little bit cooler. You know, it gets dark earlier. So, you know, you're you're at the parks when it's dark outside. I don't know. There's something about being at Magic Kingdom, particularly in the dark, that just is cool to me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think when, when you're available um, is a big deal, uh, especially when you're going with a uh, significant other. Um, you know, you don't want to be in that experience where it's, you know, the, you know, the weather being nice is, is a plus, right? You know, I've been when it's, you know, Heidi, Heidi and I have been in, um, late June and it's miserably hot and I can't stand being miserably hot. And so I'm probably not the most fun person to be around 12 hours into the day when I've been in miserably hot weather. Uh, so one understanding when you're available and, and trying to take advantage of that good Florida weather and then crowd levels to Pete. Uh, to Pete's point, going in December and, and going when the school year is still in, the likelihood of a, a family taking their children out of school right after Thanksgiving break, right before Christmas break, is slim to none. And so I think that first week in December is a good pocket to go where your crowd levels will be significantly lower. And you can have maybe more romantic experiences throughout the parks where you don't feel like you're fighting through traffic in every store and every nook and cranny of the park. And you're not listening to kids scream and you're not exactly, you're not fighting traffic. You're not fighting crowds. Mm -hmm. So, but again, your schedule has a lot to do with that when you're available to go. And, you know, you can kind of look at any crowd calendar on any Disney website and determine when the good times to go are. But like Tom said, I would recommend late November, early December, January, February, March, even April, as long as you're avoiding those spring break weekends. And then really any time August to November up until Thanksgiving is a good time to go. Unless there's a hurricane coming. You know, you always kind of run the risk of that. But Disney's been very fortunate and Orlando in general has been for, very fortunate. And they haven't gotten hit with anything, anything major. So, you know, you definitely want to pay attention to the weather. But, but again, choose what works with your schedule. To me, there's something very romantic about, you know, going to an early dinner at Magic Kingdom and just walking around Magic Kingdom when it's dark outside. I don't, I don't know what that is. And maybe Animal Kingdom's the same now since it is open later. But, but to me, Magic Kingdom just specifically is, you know, I've got very fond memories of walking around Magic Kingdom with my wife, seven, eight, nine o'clock. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm right there with you. I think... Um... I have been in Thanksgiving, I've been at Christmas time, I've been at Easter, I've been during spring break, and I've been a lot in the summer. 
Uh, my birthday was in the summer, and, and that was a, always kind of a, you know, my uh, mom was a teacher. It, it just made sense to go in the summer. But going around these holidays, like he's alluding to, um, you know, certainly a huge benefit if you can take off work. Uh, and, and you'll get a little more of an exclusive experience at Disney. I agree. I agree. So next question is, where are you going to stay? Um, you know, everybody's definition of romantic is very different. You know, you could have a romantic, you could certainly have a romantic experience staying at an all-star sports resort or a pop century, as my wife and I did on our last trip. But, you know, typically the resorts that are going to be considered more romantic are going to be more expensive. They're going to be your Polynesian. They're going to be your Grand Floridian. They're going to be your contemporary. Tom, where are you guys staying on your trip? Yeah, so our trip is, is unique. Well, my fiance will be there. My mom will also be. And so, you know, it's more of a, probably more of a family geared trip. But, you know, with, with two, uh, you know, two women on the trip, you don't want them to, you know, stay in, in the, Cheap, you know, the cheapest room. Let's just park, 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 park. So we'll be staying at Port Orleans Riverside. Uh, used to be called Dixie Landing. It's it's a, a favorite of us of of my family's uh, resorts. Sure, and and look, if you can afford it, you know, spring for the theme park view tower room at Contemporary. You know, stay at the Grand Floridian. Definitely mm-hmm. do it. You know, th- those hotels are incredible, but. You pay an incredible price for them as well. I think there's a couple couple different uh, variables. I guess one you, you would look at uh, exactly his point. What can you afford, right? You don't want to go out of budget. You don't want to put yourself in a huge hole to have a, a, a you know. There's an affordable way, a more affordable way to go to Disney. But uh, two, the frequency of these kind of trips is this a once in a lifetime? We're going to go to Disney once. Is this you getting engaged? Is it an annual trip? You know, that's something you have to look at. Uh, and then two, length of stay. If you're going for two nights and you really want to do it big, maybe you stay at Contemporary, Polynesian, Grand Floridian, um, Animal Kingdom Lodge. If you're going for a week, that, that's probably not as you know, uh, reasonable, right? You, you're 500 bucks a night at, at the cheapest end, probably, just off the top of my head. That's, that's tough to swing. Um, and then know, know your significant other. You know, if they, if they are more geared to getting in the parks and enjoying their time there, then you can probably, you know, you're just putting your head head down at night to go to sleep at a hotel. But if they are more geared towards being at the resort and enjoying a spa and a nicer pool and a quieter area with less maybe children around, um, you got to take all those into account. Absolutely. And when you plan your costs out, you know, you can take that into account. My wife and I didn't get a park hopper option. So that's $100 a day right there that we saved somewhere right around $100 a day that we could have put towards a more expensive hotel. So yeah, absolutely. Know who you're traveling with. Know what they want to do. On my wife and my last trip, we stayed at Pop Century. Not what you would consider a very romantic hotel. We actually stayed by a giant statue of Baloo. So, you know, not what you typically think of as romantic when you think of romantic hotels. But we were up every day at 6 o'clock, getting on the bus, going to the parks. We didn't get back until... 9, 10, 11, 12, you know, whatever time the park's closed. Drill Sergeant Pete right there. Well, that's and that's how I travel, and my wife ah. knows that. So it, it didn't really matter where we were staying because we weren't going to spend a whole lot of time in the room. You know, in fact, our room at, our room at uh, Pop Century had two beds in it. I think I sent you a picture saying, here, here's your bed, Tom. 
where are you where are you guys yeah right you know so it didn't it didn't really matter but you know if you're traveling with somebody that likes the spas and likes the amenities and and wants to do other things on property other than go to the theme parks ab- absolutely you know it's worth it to spring for the extra you know to have a spa or to to play golf or whatever well, th- this is my point. I mean, this is our point. That this has been an underlying theme throughout our entirety of doing this podcast. Disney has options. He, him and his wife travel one way. They've been out of the country. They, they do their trips in a way where they are out to see and do everything they possibly can. But some people aren't like that. That's fine. Disney has, in, t- Disney has an opportunity and a relaxing experience or any vacation type you want all in one. To his point, if you want a spa, if you want golf, if you want beaches, I mean, you're in Florida, but, you know, there's everything you could want to do at Disney's resorts. You just have to understand what you and your significant other may want to, want to, you know, enjoy on your trip. You know, you don't, you don't have to stay on Disney property for a Disney trip. You know, I think going back to our previous podcast and what we've discussed in the past, Tom and Matt and I all agree that. If you are going to Disney World, that staying at a Disney hotel is your best bet, you know, to get the full Disney experience. But Mm -hmm. there are other hotels in Orlando. No question about it. There's tons of hotels right outside Main Gate. We've stayed at them before. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, there's uh, if you enjoy nightlife, if you and your significant other, you know, aren't big on the attractions and staying in the parks later, go stay by Disney Springs. Uh, I'm currently set up for one night prior to our trip in a hotel. It's a uh, Doubletree. That's less than a mile from Disney Springs. You know, you know, look at that. If you're gonna if you're gonna spend a lot of time at the parks and, and if you're going to wake up as my wife and I did, wake up at six AM, go to the parks, stay at the parks all day, come back to your hotel, it probably makes sense to stay on property. If you'd like to see other things, if you'd like to do other things, it probably makes sense to stay off property at least a portion of your trip. As mm-hmm. much as I disagree with staying off property at Disney trip, but anyway. There's lots of other things to do around Orlando. I mean, there's something for everybody. Mm -hmm. What do you do? What do you do at the parks? You know, I guess if if we had to boil down what what rides, Tom, what rides do you consider romantic at Disney World? You want to go park by park? I know that's kind of on the fly. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go park by park. So let's start Magic Kingdom. Romantic you know, ride. I mean, I will, my romantic... I will start off. I'll start off with one that you may not think is romantic, but like I consider it kind of romantic, and that's Haunted Mansion. Because look, you're okay. You're riding two people in a in a doom buggy. You know, you're experiencing all this together. You're kind of isolated. You're together. I don't know. It's kind of romantic. Man, I you know I can see that, and until you understand the story behind Haunted Mansion and what actually happens when you're falling backwards, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's a uh, we'll break that ride down one day for everyone. Um, man, romantic. Okay, so here, here here's my thing. What is your relationship like? My fiance and I are both extremely competitive people, so we really enjoy doing things like Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin uh, because it's. You know, it's good play fun, right? You're enjoying each other. You're competing. You're in a, a similar, you know, ride vehicle, just you two. Um, mm-hmm. Another romantic ride. See, I would say, I would say it's, I would say it's a small world. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's something that typically both people can enjoy. Although 
on the last trip my wife and I took, we did get stuck. And there's nothing quite like getting stuck for 10 or 15 minutes on It's a Small World and having the song on infinite repeat. Yeah, not a, I can Not imagine. a positive experience. What about Peter Pan's flight? Yeah, I can, I can see that. I can see that. Um, you said Splash Mountain. You know, I don't know. I made my wife cry when we ride Splash when we rode Splash Mountain. So, well, I, I'm going with the like the two seater, like you're next to your significant other kind of approach. I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, and there's sh- and there's lots of shows too. You know, you've got the Enchanted Tiki Room. Yep. That c- that could be kind of romantic. You've got Country Bear Jamboree. That could be. <sighs> go see it. You'll enjoy it. I um, we'll go, but this that that needs to be closed. So I I would say the rides where yeah you're absolutely right where you're riding two people in a car, you know something like Jungle Cruise, there's a ton of people in there. It's not really it's right not private. It's not you know so you know spa- even and you know Space Mountain and even I mean Mine Train. It's not romantic. It's a roller coaster. You know mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking. I'm thinking for the slower. I guess Winnie the Pooh. I mean that's that's a funny maybe. ride, but yeah maybe. All right, so uh, Animal Kingdom. Man, so I don't know that there's anything really romantic in Animal Kingdom. I mean, you know, maybe the Navi River Journey. Never been on it. Don't yep. know. Um, but but that's that's really all I would consider. Yeah, I wouldn't say Animal Kingdom with a, a romantic side. To be honest with you, no, I think so, Epcot has some options. Ep- I think Epcot has a lot of options, and my number one. Actually, it's kind of surprising, and that is the uh, the boat ride in Mexico. You wow, know, just a romantic river cruise with Donald sl- Duck. Very slow paced. Yeah, I <laughs> it's like very it. Very slow paced. Uh, um, Spaceship throw, Earth also. I it, I would throw Frozen in it. Maybe Frozen, maybe Frozen, but but I would say Spaceship Earth over everything because you're, you know, it's you and your significant other. You're taking a journey through time. You spend a a lot of time. That's a long ride. You know, I'm also, I guess, clicking through the rides in my head now. Um, Hmm. Obviously not Test Track and Mission Space. You know, Soarin' can be kind of romantic. Yeah, I mean, you know, even though there's there's a lot of people in that theater, right, it it still could be kind of an intimate experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Depending on who you're riding, yeah. Get on the get on the uh, the the first row, which goes all the way to the top, and you won't see anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're mm-hmm. on the last row, you'll see feet. So, and then what Hollywood Studios? You know, nothing. I mean, Beauty and the Beast, the show. Maybe, yeah. Phantasmic. You could you could have a romantic experience at Phantasmic. Brings tears to my eyes too. So, yeah, tell me about it. Now, I will say. One of the one of the coolest experiences that I had with my wife. So my wife and I were walking through, you know, down just past Cinderella Castle and Celebrate the Magic came on. And we were there in February, in the middle of February. So it was a little chilly, but it was empty. It was completely empty. And my wife and I sat there and watched Celebrate the Magic. And it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. You know, very unlike when we went and watched it on our Mendu Disney trip, it was packed. It was packed, and it was um, it was not celebrate the magic. It was the Halloween edition. It, it was. It was the Halloween celebration, and it was me, yeah. you, and and two other guys. So there's no, you know, I, I two of us were looking for for food and water, and the other two yeah, were just sitting the other on the two, somewhere. Uh, they may have been looking. They may have been looking for a uh, potential partner, but 
Unsuccess- <laughs> un- un- very unsuccessfully, I might add. Um, Speaking of shows, um, and this is one that people don't often see, The Kiss Goodnight. And so what that is, it's it's a closing of, of Magic Kingdom every night. It uh, It's like a, I don't know, two and a half minute deal. And it you hear the opening speech from Magic Kingdom, I think. Mm-hmm. So Roy Disney yep. um, talks about the dedication to the park and... Uh, and then there's a kiss goodnight, and that and it's people don't even think about it because everyone's rushing to get out of the park, right? You're trying to get to your your bus, which is dumb because you know it's going to take you an hour. To and get the from magic. And just a magic tip while we're back. while we're talking about it, the shops are open about an hour longer. So they are, they are. You can do any so, shopping, do it then. But I would I would say all those nighttime shows. You know, if if you're with with the right person, all of those nighttime shows can be can be romantic. You know, you look at Epcot. Illuminations. You know, you grab a you grab a quiet table in Germany. My wife and I grabbed that, that's exactly where we were. We grabbed a table in Germany, got a couple of beers, watched Illuminations. It was it was great. Same thing with Fantasmic. You know. Oh yeah. And and then and then last time I went, it was Celebrate and Wishes. But now it's Once Upon a Time. I mean, that's same thing. You know, you can have a very romantic experience there. Well, you know, I was thinking about uh, the, the time Heidi and I went, and we did Fantasmic. We did, um, it was pretty close before it changed from Celebrate the Magic to, you know, Once Upon a Time. And we were, you know, we were, it was our last day at Disney World, and we were doing everything we could in Magic Kingdom. You know, Heidi just said, hey, I feel like this is a pretty good spot to watch the show. And the park wasn't crazy crowded that night. And I, it was probably... It's where you see the show filmed from. I mean, it felt like that's where we were standing. And literally, people got so quiet to watch the show. You felt like it was just you and this other person. Yeah. And the show yeah. was for you. Yeah, exactly. And no, I mean, I, we were leaving the park that night, so I was probably more emo- – I mean, I was just I was, uh, emotional. I didn't want to leave. I, um, I tell you, and when the the night that my wife and I watched Celebrate the Magic, it's 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 very emotional. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, it, it just even if that's all you do is you go to the parks, there's enough to do that will be romantic, you know, that will, I don't know, it just, it, there's some emotional stuff there. No, that, especially again, when you have the love for Disney, I mean, yeah, uh, that, that we have, and uh, fortunately my fiance shares. My, my wife does not, but, <laughs> you know, but she went along with it and and it worked. So that leads to where do you where do you eat at Disney this is to the have biggest a romantic one. experience? And this is huge. This is the biggest one. And and I've I've told the story before, but I'll go back to Tony's Town Square, Electric Light Parade on the porch. I mean, I couldn't have I couldn't have picked a more perfect evening. Everything worked out. Dead center of the porch at Tony's Town Square. Watch the Electric Light Parade. Got our dessert, and and it just it worked. Yeah. So so Pete, obviously, you know, it's tough to top the Tony's Town Square. I can share a, a similar experience. Heidi and I did well after Pete told me we tried to recreate Tony's Town Square, um, but I was probably not in the most pleasant mood. Uh, ready for dinner at four fifteen at that point, and uh, we found out that we didn't necessarily understand the Disney dining plan. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so the restaurants are a big piece to it, right? Everyone loves food and everyone loves, 
especially when you're in Disney, you you want to be a lot of people want to be all Disney. So if we're, if we're staying, you know, with the theme of being a Magic Kingdom right now, um, Beauty and the Beast is probably more popular now than it has been in recent years with the the remake coming out. You get a reservation at Be Our Guest. You know that that is as detailed as a restaurant as it comes at Disney World, uh, and it's very romantic. Um, well, so is so is it though? And that's I was going to ask that question. We ate there, and and granted, it was four guys that ate there for lunch. But so, can you imagine when my wife and I went? We ate at Be Our Guest. You went we for were dinner. In the, we went for dinner. We were okay. in the main ballroom. And it, there's just so many people there, and it's so open, and it's so crowded, and it's so loud. It's it's not really romantic. I felt. I guess I didn't I think like, about that. I felt like Tony's Town Square was a lot more intimate, a lot more romantic, just because of the atmosphere that that was there, because we weren't in the middle of a thousand other people eating dinner. Right. Yeah. I guess I didn't think about that. Um, you know, for in for that matter, what's what's the buffet at Hollywood Studios? Hollywood and Vine. Hollywood and Vine. Yeah. I felt Hollywood and Vine was more romantic than Be Our Guest. And we had characters walking up to us every 10 minutes to take our picture. Just because mm-hmm. it felt smaller. It was, it was a more intimate space. Well, I mean, okay. Do you want to... Let's start talking of... Uh, I mean, what, so Le Cellier. If we want to really talk romantic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mom, Mama Melrose, I would say. Mama Melrose is a, is a, is a nice little area. So why don't we go, why don't we, instead of like just randomly jumping around, let's go park by park. Okay. And let's just discuss a couple of restaurants at each park. Magic Kingdom, we've, we've talked about Be Our Guest. And again, it's, it's good food. It's what you would traditionally think of, of a romantic dinner. But it's, the atmosphere is not really romantic unless you're in one of the side rooms. If you're in the main ballroom, you're, you're way out in the open. There's a million people around. The ceiling's 30 feet high. Not really romantic atmosphere. Now, if you're one of the side rooms, if you're in the the West Wing or what's the other one? It's not the, the library. Say so it, it wouldn't be the Rose Room. It's the, the West Wing. West Wing. The West is Wing the, is the Rose is where the Rose yeah. is, or the library. Yeah. Um, if you're in one of those rooms, maybe the atmosphere is a little bit better. I think the problem is it's so dark in those rooms that you can't even see what you're eating. What's the uh, what's the restaurant Liberty Tree Tavern? I like Liberty Tree Tavern. I'm not a the, huge fan. But the food's the food's not fantastic, but I think the atmosphere's good. I mean, there's Crystal Palace, but I mean that's you know Winnie and the Pooh and Friends. It's a buffet. Yeah, that, you know. So I I don't know. I think really Tony's Town Square may be your only romantic restaurant available at Magic Kingdom, right? Um, you know, now that I, I guess I reflect on it and truly think that is where my fiance and I ate and it was mm-hmm. very nice. We sat uh, right by the porch. We had a table for two appetizer, pretty quiet restaurant. You got the lady in the tramp theme going for you. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, I, I can live with that. All right. So let's go to animal kingdom. Okay. I, I don't, to be honest, I don't know that there's any place romantic at animal kingdom. Tiffin's would be the only one that comes to mind. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But uh, but other than that, I mean, what's the uh, what's the Chinese restaurant? There's was it Yak and Yeti? Yak and Yeti. I mean, not really. Would agree. So I don't I don't know that there's really anything else romantic at Animal Kingdom. 
Um, Hollywood Studios. You know, we, we talked about Mama Melrose's. I think Mama Melrose's would be a good place to have kind of a romantic meal. And I think the Brown Derby another. I, mean, I think the Brown and, Derby is another one. And, and the Brown Derby, I, I would agree, because the Brown Derby is more of a, a small-scale restaurant. You know, since the Brown Derby has moved to two dining credits, there's a lot fewer people that go to that restaurant. Yeah, and, and you're talking, you know, 35 to $60 a person probably. Uh, so it's, it's expensive, but you, you're going on, a, you know, a nice romantic date night. Uh, so you, you should expect that for sure. Now, Epcot, Here we go. I, think is, I think that's where your bread and butter is. I mean, I, I think we can kind of go around. I mean... You want to go Mexi- alternate picks here? I'm looking at a list of restaurants in Epcot. Are you? I mean, Mexico, what do you got? Like, um, San Angel, nah. It, I, I, don't know, I don't know if either one of them in Mexico is really rom- what I would consider romantic. I don't know, man. If you consider the Mexican boat ride romantic, you got to consider the restaurant in there romantic. I, I guess maybe if you are if you're overlooking the water and you're not but, worried but about the food, but that's such a big space. Um, it's it's kind of hard for me to say yes, this is romantic. I was gonna go. Um, I was gonna go coral reef. And so to give you what 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 coral reef is, um, it is seafood, which is it's kind of peculiar when you look you know, when you think about everything, but anyway, you're over, you're, you're basically in inside like the aquarium. So you, you can see, um, the aquarium life, the, um, marine life rather within the Epcot's, uh, Epcot's aquarium. And so it is a seafood restaurant, which could maybe be, you know, a, a turn off switch for some folks that you're eating seafood while you're looking at fish. But, um, it is a, it, it's a pretty romantic little setting. We will be eating there on the trip that I take in December. It's an extremely difficult reservation to get. Uh, Pete actually predicted I would not be able to land the reservation, but I continuously check the app. Um, that's my first pick, I guess, in Epcot, if we want to do a draft style. Well, I, okay. So, I mean, if we're going to, let's, let's just look at future world. Um, if we're going to do that before we get to the countries, I mean, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd consider Garden Grill romantic. It's well, Garden really Grill char- is a character dinner. It um, is a character dinner with Chip and Dale. I'm not even sure if the thing rotates anymore. I don't know. So I, I would I would say no on that one. But really, Future World, I agree. Coral Reef is, is kind of your go-to. I, I don't know that there's anything else in Future World, right? Uh, you know, probably not from a romantic standpoint. But Epcot makes their hay on, I mean, the countries. So Mexico, you've got really two choices. You've got Hacienda and San Angel Inn. Neither one of which I would really consider particularly romantic, right? I mean, the only place in the Mexico Pavilion that I would consider romantic is maybe La Cava del Tequila. And that's, you can't get dinner there. You can get appetizers and, and margaritas and tequila there. So I guess I guess if, if you're looking to just like have some drinks and some appetizers, that'd be a great place to go is La Cava. Because and now there's only like five seats in there. But it's a very yeah, small it's hard space. to get it. Yeah, it's extremely small. Um But in Epcot, I guess you have the benefit of all the little vendors that have food. I mean, you may not need a romantic dinner. True, true. But Let's let's focus on the restaurants right now. You know, again, I would say La Cava in in Mexico would okay. be 
Um, so next country is Norway. So the next country is going to be Norway. I mean, what is here? They have the uh, um, Princess Toby. Akershus. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Not it's a character buffet. Not not what I would consider romantic. And really, that's it in Norway. I not a good place to have a romantic meal. So moving along to China, Nine Dragons is there. Nine, yeah, Nine Dragons is there. I don't know. I I don't know that there's you can have a really romantic meal in China either. I would agree with you. So Germany is after that. Okay, so Germany, beer garden, not a good place for a romantic meal. If if you are on a trip with your significant other and you want to have a meal, you know, you want to be social, great place to go because my wife and I went and got seated with a family of six at their table. And that's typically what they'll do if you go in as, as a party of two, they will seat you with another family. These are big tables and that's that's just what they do. Um I've never so, eaten a beer garden. I, uh, I love beer garden. It's a, it's a buffet, but it's it's a fun. It's really really a fun time. So if it's you know, not if my you're type not, of food, well, no, it's not. But if you're looking for a, a fun time, my wife and I had a great time there. They have huge beers. They have German food. They have an umpa band. They have bell. It, it's just something for everybody. Italy is our next country. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know that I would consider Via Napoli that romantic. You it's, know, I, it's just so big and open that it, it's not like your traditional or typical Italian restaurant. I would agree with you on that point. And here, here are a th- few things. We, I'm probably going to do a walk up uh, meal at Via Napoli. Um, not planning to make a reservation. Just we, we have a, a group meetness um, on, on a, my Disney trip in December. I have heard the service isn't great, and and I, I don't know if that impacts your romantic dinner. Uh, now staying in Italy, Tudo pretty romantic. I would I would agree. Tudo, you know, it's it's it feels it's a lot more intimate yep. than Via Napoli is. So if you're going to choose, and and really, out of everything that we've come to so far, I think Italy is is going to be your best bet. So in that half of the world showcase. I think Tudo Italia is kind of your best bet. You know, it's more of an intimate setting than Via Napoli. Um, it's really more of an intimate setting than any other restaurant that we've come to at the World Showcase so far. I mean, I have some, and I don't want to skip too far ahead, but I do have probably, what is it, four countries that I would circle as these are the ones you need to focus in on for a romantic sure. dining experience. Sure. So, okay, let's let's keep going. Um, America, nothing. Yep, agree. Japan, Japan, nothing. Nothing. There's a lot of restaurants. Teppanado, well, maybe, maybe. Do you good. like sushi? I mean, if you like sushi, if you like sushi, exactly. I can't. I don't eat sushi, so that that I am a biased opinion there. Uh, Morocco, I I really don't know. Morocco may have some. I great would think restaurant, restaurants. What is it, Marrakesh or I'm not Marrakesh? Yeah, restaurant Marrakesh, and then there's there's another one there too, right? There is a Spice Road table. Spice Road, yeah. So I don't just because they're kind of off the beaten path and they're not real crowded. You know, they're they're some of the few restaurants at World Showcase that you can walk up to without a reservation and, and get in. They may be a little quieter. They may be, you know, a little bit calmer. So those those may be some good options. I don't know. I've never eaten at either one of them before. Right. 
So France, look, I, I think entire world showcase, France is your best option for a romantic meal. You've got Chefs de France and you've got Monsieur Paul, both of which are kind of prime time romantic dining, right? You know, that's crazy because I would dis, I would say France is, if you look in totality, France is your best bet. But I would, my personal opinion, there's a better restaurant for a romantic experience than Monsieur Paul. Okay. Well, United Kingdom, Rose and Crown, not romantic. You're in the middle of a pub. Yep. But now we're going to get to where I think you're you're going to go with romantic, and that's in Canada. It's Le Cellier. Le Cellier. And let me tell yeah. you why. So Le Cellier, it is a steakhouse. Um, most folks enjoy a good steak. Le Cellier has commonly been known to have one of the better steak, cut cut options of steak in, um, in Disney World. Now... Here's why I think it's romantic. It's a small restaurant. The reason they've moved to two credits is not because the price is that obscene. Now, the price has increased since they moved to two credits. But the reason they're in two credits is because the restaurant is so small and the demand was so high, Disney moved it to two credits and said, this will slow down the demand and allow more reservations to be open for the general public. This restaurant, the food is fantastic. The service is second to none. The lighting is, is incredible. And it, it literally is an extremely intimate experience. I have been to this restaurant in a family with my family, and it's it's just an incredibly good restaurant. The service is second to none. Um, you know, you are within the World Showcase. Obviously, you're getting the folks that are from Canada that are talking to you, working with you. This is my spot if I'm looking for a romantic restaurant in one of the in one of the parks at Disney World. I I agree with with the exception of you know you go to the resort and you go to Disney Springs. I mean, just just off the top of my head, you've got Citricos at the Grand Floridian. You've got Narcoosies at the Grand Floridian. You've got the Yachtsman at the Yacht and Beach Club, and then you've got Victorian Alberts. I mean, and you, and you forgot California Grill. And I didn't. And I didn't mention <laughs> California Grill either. So there's a lot of really nice restaurants at the resorts where you can have really really romantic meals. Even even Gico. Um, Ohana. And let me say, you know, when I said that, you know, I said the, the, my, my pick in the parks, you get to resorts, it is a different ball game. It is. It this is where is. Disney and excels. Disney Springs as well. You know, Disney Springs has some fantastic restaurants. Your really, really romantic meals. I'm going to name them. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to name the two table or two credit table service meals. Gico. Flying Fish, California Grill, Citricos, Narcoosies, Artist Point, and The Yachtsman. Like, those are where you're going to have your most romantic, your nicest meals. But there are also two table service credits. They also have dress codes. You know, these aren't places that you're just going to walk in from the park. These are meals that you have to plan for, that you have to be ready to, to go to. And I mean, it's a date night. We're talking about a couple. Um be ready to be be prepared to to spend some money and and again we're going right back to the point Disney has opportunities for everyone and and if you want to you know all the park restaurants we named to my knowledge do not have specific dress codes maybe brown not, derby not not at the parks no they do not okay um so th- there are options if if I had to pick if I had to pick one restaurant in the parks it's La Cellier. if I had to pick one restaurant out of the parks it's California Grill and I'm trying to do a dinner uh, that also gets to see the fireworks show in Magic Kingdom. I mean, I would I would be at Victorian Alberts. 
Well, <laughs> I guess. Now, if you can get to Victorian Alberts, let us know because, I mean, it's such a small restaurant and they have so few seatings every night that it's it's very very difficult to get a reservation there. And it's expensive, you know? What do you think the cost is? Um, let's see. So, seven seven course meal with wine is about 250 bucks a person. Wow. Which, honestly, for the quality that you're getting... Isn't isn't that bad? You know that's that's kind of Disney's premier restaurant. Again, it's very difficult to get a, a reservation to. It's got a dress code. You know, this isn't some place you're going to come out of Magic Kingdom in your shorts and your t-shirt and walk <laughs> right over to Victorian Alberts. It's just not going to happen. So, but if you're kind of if you're looking for the ultimate Disney trip, you know, with with your significant other, that's that's some place you want to look at trying to get a reservation to. Yeah, for sure. So, food is food is so important, and I, I don't know if it's just important to me because I'm kind of a fat boy, or you know, if it's if it's I don't know. Food and romance are very closely tied together, right? Absolutely. You know that to me is is one of the most important things about the trip. And Tom, I know you just went through making dining reservations for your trip coming up. Yeah. And you labored long and hard over them. Yeah, I'll tell you, we knocked, uh, we did work. We knocked out, we have um, Boma, we have Ohana, we have Be Our Guest, we have Coral Reef, and we have Mama Melrose's. Uh, so we, we got a pretty good lineup for the trip. We have a couple days with no reservations, and that was kind of by design, uh, a few days in Epcot, um, but you know, you, we tried to knock out a lot of the, you know, we didn't go for the resort restaurants where you have a dress code that, you know, we want to stay in the parks, uh, but that is a huge deal to any Disney vacation. And to me, you know, if, if I'm going to, to Disney World for four or five days, I'm staying at the restaurants in the parks. If I'm going for 10 days, that's when I start making the resort restaurant reservations and I start taking you know, because it, it takes time to go from Epcot to, to a resort, to go to GECO from Epcot or, or, or something like that. What we did, um, so we'll be there, it's either six or seven total days, uh, but we do have two restaurants and resorts. And because at the time of the year we're going, the parks do close a little bit earlier, we've made later, you know, late night resort reservations. So for Animal Kingdom, for example, we're going to stay and we're going to see the Rivers of Light show. And then we're going to head to Boma, Animal Kingdom Lodge. We have a late night resort, uh, a late night reservation at a resort. And it'll, it'll give us some time if we get there early. You explore the, the resort. Uh, and the same thing with Polynesian uh, with Ohana. Uh, we'll stay at Magic Kingdom until closing and then head over to, uh, to Ohana. We don't want to cut into our day, to his point. Yeah, I agree. And, and to me, again, like I said, food... And and I don't know, again, I don't know why this is, but food to me makes or breaks your trip. Where you eat dinner, lunch and breakfast don't necessarily matter, but where you eat dinner, you know, kind of the mood of your dinner, if it's a romantic atmosphere or if it's a giant cafeteria-like building, that really kind of sets the mood for me for for your whole trip. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm spending a lot of time looking at my res- reservations for dinner and Making sure that I'm picking out places that that feel romantic and that 
you know, you can get a glass of wine, you can get a nice steak, something like that. It just, it just kind of pulls the trip together for me. So yeah, for sure. So that's kind of our take on a romantic Disney trip. Um, we'd, we'd really definitely be interested to hear from you guys what makes a Disney trip romantic to you. Um, and again, we, we tried to avoid, obviously you're not going to have a very romantic trip if you're bringing your three kids along with you. So we, we kind of tried to avoid talking about that and talking about you know, what to do with your kids, that, that sort of thing. But we would be curious to hear from you guys what, what you consider romantic at Disney World. What, what kind of goes into a romantic Disney trip for you? Tom, what else we got tonight? Yeah, so to end the episode, uh, obviously I have Disney Secret of the Night and the trivia question. I will start with the secret. I will announce the winner and then hit the, the trivia question for next week. So our Disney Secret of the Night uh, obviously, with the theme, we're going to revolve around some restaurants there at the end. But uh, be our guest in Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom is one of the tougher reservations to get. And if you're lucky enough to end up inside, please make sure to not miss the artwork throughout the ballroom. Uh, you'll notice the snow outside the ornate windows was created from original movie animation cells. And the lifelike cherubs lining the ceiling mural bear the faces of children from the of the Imagineers and then the Imagineers baby faces themselves. Uh, so that's just another Disney touch. That's uh, pretty cool. Pete thinks they're a little creepy. They are a little creepy, uh, but make sure to, to look for that. Um, the trivia question from a few weeks back was what is the name of the farm where Goofy's barnstormer is located? The name is Goofy's wise acre farm. Our winner was Mayfield from New York. Uh, Mayfield, please shoot us another email with your mailing address and your prize will be on its way. Again, appreciate everyone who participated. Good turnout for this one. I think people are getting excited for the prizes, uh, so we will keep them going. Moving on to tonight's trivia question. Um, this one will be revolving around a attraction in Hollywood Studios. We all know that Aerosmith is the themed band uh, on Rock and Roller Coaster. However, who can tell us the original band that Disney approached for the theme of the ride. Again, who was the original band that Walt Disney World approached to be the theme of Rockin' Roller Coaster? That's I, tough. It is tough because everyone's like, oh, Aerosmith, it's such a nationally, uh, universally known band. But there's actually a band that Disney had uh, an idea for prior to Aerosmith. Uh, so good luck, guys. We look forward to it. Again, email us your email us or tweet us your answers. Email is uh, mendoWDW at gmail.com, and Twitter is at mendoWDW podcast. Look forward to seeing the answers. So before we go, uh, Matt, do you have anything to say for tonight? <laughs> nope, nope, nothing from Matt tonight, so uh, we'll go ahead and close it out on that note. That's uh, all we've got for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at MendoWDWPodcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, comments, please tweet us or email us at MendoWDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week. Good night.